So, if it's your first time here, what's up? Glad you're here. My name is Chase, and I'm excited because we get to continue this sermon series <laughs> um, called Management Material, How to Care for All of God's Stuff. Uh, so I want to pray, and then we will jump into it. Um, let's pray together. So Father God, thank you. Thank you that you are here, you are with us, you care for us, um, and that you are moving, um, God, not just with what's going on in any one particular part, but throughout our whole family, God, you are moving, and we are grateful. So, Lord, as we get into this time in your word, um, Lord, be glorified, um, be honored. We trust you. May everything that I say bring glory to your name and build up this family. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, we are going to be in a few different portions of Scripture. That is wrong. Let me tell you this week. Woo, this week, family. Uh, look, it has been a long week. Uh, some of you know that... Um, that Unison is a part of a documentary um, called Sowing Seeds of Hope. Uh, and it's been being recorded over the last year. They, like, the film crew came to the church um, a few months back. The film crew has been a part of our board meeting, <laughs> the film crew. Um, and so just a little bit of a back history. There are tw 12 pastors and congregations from several different kind of arms of the church, right? Like when we think about the Christian church, there are lots of different expressions, lots of different theological um, and cultural expressions and beliefs that are a part of the Christian faith. And this documentary kind of brings together pastors and churches where of all kinds of different places um, one, having some hard conversations about race, um, having hard conversations about politics, having hard conversations about sexual orientation and gender. And because we see so much separation in the church around many of these things, um, the goal has been how can we see the body of Christ still united even in the face of all of that difference? Um, and so it's been a really great experience. And this last week was the last week of taping for that. <laughs> and my Lord, it was a wonderful time, but it was a long week. And, uh, and so um, this first slide is wrong because my eyes were crossed while making, <laughs> making these slides. I was like, okay, Jesus, help us out. <laughs> um, uh, but the rest of the slides are right. So <laughs> um, the next, um, we'll be actually in, um, the, all the portions of Scripture will be up there, but we'll be primarily in Matthew uh, chapter 5 and then also 1 Peter chapter 4. Today we are talking about managing God-given gifts, talents, and skills. 
This sermon series has been about how it is that we manage the things that the Lord has given to us. But the belief that we are um, to be stewards of that. Steward doesn't just mean money, right? Steward truly does mean how we manage all that the Lord has given us according to God's will, but then also in a way that brings glory to God. And this is no different. Managing God-given gifts talents, and skills. It's more than just this idea of spiritual gifts, which we'll get into, more than just a purpose-driven life, (laughs) which we'll get into. But ultimately, how is it that we are people who are managing that? For those of you trying to figure out what that picture is on the side, (laughs) it's just a protractor. (laughs) Um, uh, I needed a circle. It ain't th- it's not that deep. I'm not finna to let you decode, like, the mysteries of God, like, be out here mathing all day. Many of you have seen that meme with that, what, that lady who's, like, she got all the math equations on the blackboard behind her. That's not that. It's just a protractor. <laughs> I needed a circle. <laughs> um, but, um, but it does point to the intricacy of our skills and our gifts and our talents. Many of us have been able to hone in on kind of a mastery level of our skills and our gifts. And it's a great thing. And we don't always talk about how those can be used to glorify God. And that's what we're doing. Many of us are like, well, you can do that if it's like preaching or singing. And nope. Everything. All of the gifts, talents, and skills that the Lord has given us can be utilized to bring glory to God. And as we develop a mastery of those, we are actually better fit for giving God glory in them. Um, so let's, uh, let's see in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is speaking. He's just this, during this Sermon on the Mount. And it's going to kind of lay the foundation for our time together today. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Some of you have, are familiar with this passage of Scripture. Jesus is, he started off talking about them being the salt of the earth and then talks about being the light of the world. But it's that last little portion that I would love for us to kind of allow to be a foundation for what we're talking about. Let your light so shine that men might see your good works and glorify your Father who art in heaven, right? That's that old school way of us saying that. Sometimes we think about letting our light shine and we're talking about evangelism. And that's no, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. Sometimes we're talking, thinking about letting our light shine and we're talking about like if we are putting up a post on social media about how good God is and our testimony and we're telling the world how great God is and there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. Please keep it going. 
But I want to make this way more simple for us. Because some of us, that's not really our skill set. Like, we don't have memory, we don't have scripture memorized waiting in the back of our mind to be pulled up at any moment. (laughs) Right? If somebody asks us to start singing a song, we will not come up with a hymn. It will likely be a jingle of a really old commercial. (laughs) Uh, Here's a jingle for goldfish, those bacon not fried goldfish. (laughs) (laughs) Right? We don't have a hymn ready to go. (laughs) And that's okay. I want us to actually see how the glory of God can be revealed in us in more than just the recitation of Scripture or singing Christian songs. And there is an element to what Jesus is saying here that, yes, it can be specified and laser-focused, but it also can be broad. Jesus was working with wood before going into ministry. Do you feel like God was not glorified by what he crafted with his hands? Paul, the apostle, talks about making tents and being in relationship with people as he taught them to make tents, glorifying God with that skill. You have skills that perhaps you went to accounting school and didn't figure out how multiplying in spreadsheets was going to glorify God. And I want you to know that you can let your light shine anywhere that you are doing anything. And God can be glorified. And the result is that the people around you will give praise to God. Peter says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Some of y'all don't even think about this. Like, it's it's simple. Helping other people. (laughs) Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ and all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. I think we have failed as a church in this area. We've made serving one another and glorifying God with our gifts and talents way more complex than it really is. There's a list of spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians and Ephesians, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But I don't want us to get so whipped up into the details of evangelism and apostleship that we miss the opportunity to just live by Peter's advice. Can you help people? (laughs) Well, then help them with all the energy that you have and bring glory to the Father in doing so. Some of us haven't thought about the fact that being able to hang drywall is a skill that those of us who do not know how to hang drywall can be blessed by. I mean blessed by. I am in probably one of the busiest times of my life right now. Making Making sure that the city is not called because my grass is too long. (laughs) 
is way more challenging than I imagine it should be for any adult human being with four children. <laughs> but we're all over the place. Like, we're just all over the place. And I reached out to a couple of people, and Mother Alma's son reached back out because he, he does lawn care service, and he's going to take care of our grass, and it's a blessing. And one of the things that we sat in my driveway yesterday talking about is he, I didn't even initiate the conversation. I just said, this is way heavier than I want it to be. Thank you for being willing to be here and help me care for my lawn because it's grieving me. <laughs> and he said, he started listing off all the ways in which he knows that I'm busy and he assumes that I'm busy, and he even had joy in being able to do it. God being glorified in my driveway because one person helping another person. Don't make it so complex that you feel like you have to go to seminary to glorify God. Whatever skill you have, Whatever talent and ability you have, may it be offered to God. That's what, that's what Jesus and Peter are pointing to. It's not that complex. And I don't want us to miss the opportunity for us to see all of our God-given skills, talents, and gifts. So this is where things get a little bit awkward for me. I made a commitment to the Bible study group to talk about this. In the spirit of all of our God-given skills, talents, and gifts um, being given to God um, last May, May 13th, uh, which is seed sowing day for me. It's not for everyone. It's I have my own holidays <laughs> um, because I'm extra sometimes. <laughs> so in my calendar, I have special holidays, May 13th. Uh, 2013 was the day the Lord told me to plant a church. Um, and so I had it in my journal, so I put it in my calendar. And every year I asked the Lord, okay, so you sow the seed on this day. Any other seeds you want to sow? <laughs> um, and last year the Lord told me to write a book. So I did. Um, the name of the book. <laughs> the name of the book is Seamless what your spiritual gifts are really for. Um, the book release will be July 10th. It was uh, picked up by the Wesleyan Publishing House, which is exciting. Um, and uh, you'll start to hear a lot more about it, but you all get to be the first ones to hear stuff about it. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll be, because we'll do a release party and um, kind of concert and celebration on July 8th. Um, that QR code is just a way where you can get tickets to the, uh, to the release party. It's really going to be a concert. And um, the tickets for that are $25. If you buy a ticket, you get a signed copy of the book before it's actually out. Um, and it's a concert. So, uh, and so that'll be 7 o'clock on July 8th. Why? It's not a plug. It really isn't. <laughs> I'm actually very, very awkward about <laughs> talking about stuff that I've done. But I made a commitment to the Bible study group because they helped with the book. They were the first people that read it. Um, there's a Bible study that meets every Thursday. They were the first people to go through it with me and help me catch things. And 
Um, and so I told them that during this sermon I'd talk about it because it's a skill and a gift that the Lord has given me. I am less of an evangelist than most preachers would like to be. I'm okay with that. We'll talk about evangelism in just a moment. But I'm less of an evangelist than most preachers would like to be, and definitely less of an evangelist than they wanted me to be when planting a church. (laughs) And what I mean by that is evangelists have this drive for seeing people who are far from God drawn closer to, bring them into the fold and embrace the gospel and the grace and the mercy of God and that their lives would be changed forever. I love the story. I love and I get excited every single time it happens. And I just know about myself that that's not exactly how I'm gifted. I am way more of a shepherd than an evangelist. I care a lot about God's people who are already in the fold. I'm way more of a teacher than I am an evangelist. I believe wholeheartedly that God's people need to know how to love God fully and love their neighbor well. And that's not something that we just get naturally just because we said yes to Jesus. I know it would be nice, but that is a journey. And for some of us, It's difficult loving our families, let alone our neighbors, as Jesus does. So it's just not always the skill and gift that I have. But praise be to God that there are other people who are part of this church family who have the gift of evangelism. And and it's my job and my joy to deploy (laughs) and equip all of you people to go and fulfill that. So a part of this book is kind of leaning into that truth that we all have different gifts. And it's not just about you getting a superpower and you getting a superpower. Everybody gets a superpower. (laughs) It's really that we have been given access to a limitlessly powerful God in the Holy Spirit. And so that you don't get too big for your britches (laughs) and you know how much you need one another, that that power has been divvied out and, and spread out amongst the body of Christ so that we can together continue the work of Jesus. It's not just one of us. It's not just pastors that are ones that are called to ministry. We talk about this. This is not new. But that's really what the book is about. It'll come out July 10th. Um, and in the book, um, the, we kinda, the first part is talking about how we have kind of gotten off track to this unity of the Spirit and of the body of Christ. And the second half is more practical. Uh, so there are spiritual gifts are listed in like in 
1 Corinthians chapter 12, and in the book, they're broken up in four categories. For those of you who this is your first week in this sermon series, this is a nerdy sermon series, okay? It's nerdy. Um, heart spiritual gifts. Those of you who have been a part of the Mo Labs, this will sound familiar. Ministry Mobilization Labs kind of takes the same language. Heart spiritual gifts, um, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. When we talk about spiritual gifts in Scripture, they are given to us as members of the body of Christ to carry out the work of Jesus while and, until he returns. And the heart gifts are designed ultimately for equipping the body of Christ to do that. One thing I love to point out is we have unwisely and probably immaturely put way too much responsibility on shepherds, teachers, evangelists, prophets, and apostles. Many pastors have those kinds of gifts. And we say like, okay, you pastor, you priest, you do the work, and I'll show up, and I'll make sure I give, and I'll, I, got a, I, got a, I got a half hour this week. I got you. <laughs> but you take care of it, right? You make sure that the world knows about Jesus because that's your job. No. No. Ephesians 4 talks about these gifts and says that their role is to equip you, all of you, all of us, <laughs> to do that work. It's our shared responsibility to make sure that the Lord, that the world knows that Jesus came. And that is not just us preaching and singing songs about the gospel. That is honestly mostly in our unity. When people who come from different backgrounds love one another like siblings, the world knows something about Jesus coming. When people who have a history of racism and sexism and classism and every other ism can come into the same room, sing to the same God, pray for one another, leave encouraged, building one another up, the world knows something that the world didn't know before that happened. And that is more than just how well we can preach. When you and your offices, if you work outside your home, when you can gather in the break room and pray with somebody who is of a Catholic background or any other background that you fully don't completely understand, but you have a shared relationship with Creator God that you can get in a room together, the world knows something that the world didn't know about Jesus before. And that's the point. These individuals, these gifts, make sure that that kind of thing happens, not that they do it all. Hands, spiritual gifts, um, like administration, encouragement, compassion, giving, and serving. These are super, super practical gifts. And many times they are not considered spiritual. <laughs> even though the Bible calls them spiritual gifts. They don't seem exactly spiritual. Administration. Listen, when we first planted Unison, I'm telling you right now, if we did not have a gifted administrator, we would not be in this room. 
Okay. <laughs> I, your boy is not good with details. <laughs> just is what it is. I'm just not. <laughs> I needed Candace as our executive director. Not just wanted. Wanted would, would honestly diminish the value that she get brought, that she has brought to Unison. The reason why Unison is functioning the way it is is because there are people with administration and giving and encouragement and compassion and serving who are day in, day out, making sure that Unison is functioning smoothly. Because trust me, we'd be on every roller coaster at, at Six Flags together. And I'm not even, like, some of you thought I was talking like, like figuratively. No, I would take our money and we would go on trips to Six Flags. No. <laughs> I'm not being figurative. I do not do well with that kind of stuff. I need people <laughs> with these gifts. <laughs> we have a great time in the Lord, let me tell you. <laughs> Mind, spirit. They would not have Candace like it's not happening. Mind, spiritual gifts. Um, listen, this is not saying that these gifts are the brain of the operation. It's just that they're a little bit more cognitive, like they're a little more cerebral. We think about wisdom and knowledge and leadership and discernment of spirits. These are gifts that are listed in Scripture. That when we start talking about the body of Christ, these individuals are cerebral and methodical. Like the, and even like nerd out on the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Like they wouldn't just be like, oh yeah, wisdom, knowledge. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, no, what's the difference between the two? I want to know. <laughs> Look, Todd, Todd knows. They want to understand. And why do they want to understand things about wisdom and knowledge and leadership and discernment of spirits? They nerd on, on it because the body of Christ needs to understand so that we can function well together, so that we can minister. Discernment of spirits may not seem like something that's cerebral because and its core, it means having good judgment about spiritual things, right? So discernment of spirits, a person, oftentimes, if this is your vibe, you walk into a room and you're like, ooh, something feels different in here. Something about the room is off. It's initially, it's a gut reaction. But the more that those individuals trust that gut reaction, lean into what it is that they're experiencing, and learn about what they're experiencing, why does it feel off in here? What, are, what is this spirit realm thing? The more it becomes pretty cerebral for them too. Yes, their gut reaction is this spiritual intuition, but their knowledge and the ability to equip the body with that knowledge is something that's important. Amen. Last little grouping um, I have is the soul spiritual gifts. <laughs> tongues, interpretation of tongues, faith, miracles, and healing. Um, this kind of like, there's, for, 
descriptions for all of this in the book, but um, I said these are soul gifts not because they are the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit. These ones are not more endowed with the Holy Spirit than any other gifts, but they're a little less easy to explore and to study than the other gifts. Like, yeah, even the, even the graphic, Todd said, they're tangible. Heart, hands, and mind, the images were a little bit more realism as well. This is a little bit more animated, and that's on purpose. Um, it's a little bit more, it's easier to touch them. When we start talking about interpretation of tongues, like, well, it's kind of like, well, the way you know that you have the gift of interpretation of tongues is, did somebody start speaking in tongues around you, and did you know what they said? Right? It's like, it's, there's no test for that. <laughs> there's no aptitude. There's no, like, there's no personality. It's like, you do or you don't. And we actually don't know how that works. <laughs> Even when it comes to speaking in tongues, like, and some of us, yes, I get that prayer language piece, but there are also individuals who, who have literally woke up one morning not knowing French and because they were serving the Lord in France <laughs> or in some other part of the world that speaks French, the Holy Spirit gave them French and now they know. <laughs> we don't know how that happens. That's not something we can point to and exactly say, oh yeah, they went to school for that because they didn't actually. They didn't go. That's the point. They've been given something that they did not go to school to get. That's why it's called an unknown language, previously unknown. Faith and miracles and healing are the same way. To some degree, we're all kind of encouraged to operate with that. But at the end of the day, there's people who, even that are part of this church family, you need to have a conversation with them when your faith is waning. Because I'm telling you, two minutes with them? two minutes with them, and your faith will be like on 10. It's not because they're particularly holy or even Holy Spirit filled. It's just because that's what they've been given. The book of Hebrews, whoever the writer of the book of Hebrews is, they got that. <laughs> you cannot read the book of Hebrews and not come out on fire for Jesus. Like, let's take every mountain and we finna like make sure every valley is covered. These are just spiritual gifts that are listed in Scripture. And they get a lot of attention, and that's good. Keep giving them attention. Keep talking about them. Read a book about them, perhaps. <laughs> that was a flood. <laughs> that was a flood. <laughs> but ultimately, the point behind that is, is for us to know that Jesus was doing all of these things by himself. That's something I want us to keep in our, in our hearts and our minds. Jesus was doing all of these things by himself in the first century when he first started all of this stuff. And as his body, we're continuing that work together. You don't have it by yourself. I don't have it by myself. And a part of me managing the God-given gifts that I have is to submit to my sister or my brother who has the gifts that I need. That's what that is. 
A part of managing is not just you equipping yourself to continue the work of Christ by yourself. You will not do it. You'll be exhausted, and you will likely give up somewhere where you should not be. A part of managing God-given skills, talents, and gifts is acknowledging that it is a part of God's way to do this together. Community is God's desire for us doing this. And quite honestly, that is the most challenging and the thing that requires the most discipline for us. Because I don't like the way some of y'all do it. I don't. Y'all don't pray right sometimes. (laughs) I would have said it like this. (laughs) I know I'm kind of exaggerating a little bit, but you know that's how we feel, right? We, a part of why we struggle trusting people and doing this together is I can't trust that you're going to do it the way that I want you to do it, and I can verify that I will glorify God with the way I do it, but I can't verify that with you. I can't be sure that what you will say and what you will do will actually result in what I need. So I got it. No worries. I got the songs. I picked them out already. (laughs) I got the prayer. We're good. And I might not be too good at this, but I cannot figure it out. Or I'm really good at this, so nobody else has to even worry about it. Managing our skills, gifts, and talents that come from God is about us doing it together. Not just you get mastery and go off and glorify God. The consistent pattern of Scripture is that it glorifies God when we do it together, not anything else. (laughs) Not anything else. Not anything else. That doesn't mean that for those of us who have been working really hard for the Lord on our own, that we haven't done great things for God and haven't given, haven't borne fruit. No, yes. But Maya Angelou has this quote, and Christine says it pretty often, once you know better, we do better. Right? So, know better. It is not glorifying to God for you to run off by yourself and do this. And I don't care how good you are at it. It's not glorifying to God. That's not the way in which the Lord would have us manage these skills, gifts, and talents. What is more glorifying to God is, let me be faithful in what I bring to the table and also looking for, okay, where are the partners? Where are the... Where are the ways in which this is multiplied? Where are the ways in which, okay, I got this part. I'm a, I got this part of the puzzle. Where are the other puzzle pieces? And it is okay for us to not move too quickly until we find it. Some of us have an urgency about doing the Lord's work and about using our gifts and our talents and our skills. And we're so urgent about it. We want to be so purpose-driven that we just go on without anybody else. And the people around us are dragged in that process. So, part of managing this is doing this all together. Another part of this actually is figuring it out. <laughs> Some there's spiritual gifts test. Eh, they're great. They're cool. 
they are not the spirit of God. <laughs> so please do not take a spiritual gift test. It's like, oh, thank you, Lord. You told me what I'm supposed to do. No. A spiritual gifts test is a tool for helping you kind of narrow things a bit based upon your personality and your temperament. That's it. If everything can be given to God as, a, as an offering uh, to bring glory to him, then literally like who, who I am and how I'm wired should tell me a little bit about how I'm going to be engaged in the body of Christ. It's nothing more. Do a spiritual gifts test and then start praying. The best way actually for you to figure out how you're gifted spiritually is to just try a bunch of stuff, and that gives some of us some anxiety. I call it the sandbox. Maybe, like, I feel, I like, I enjoy being around children. So I'll start off working in children's ministry and teaching kids. And something about that feels right, but maybe not quite right. So, all right. Well, I enjoyed the part where I got to engage with them relationally. So what kind of things can I do relationally? Maybe I'll try counseling. I try counseling, and that feels good. It's getting closer. But something, whenever I'm in a counseling session or I'm talking with people, and they start to talk about how they were beginning to really struggle with whether or not they believed in God, I, something about that came, I came alive in there. And then I start honing it in more and more and more. It's okay that it doesn't happen in a half an hour. Nobody's going to figure out their purpose in life and their spiritual gifts in a half an hour conversation. That's just not how this works. Most people in Scripture didn't even really accomplish things until after they was like 50. <laughs> like, it's okay. Some of us are like, I got to know exactly how God's going to use me by 28, and that's not a thing. It's okay. Get rid of the urgency. And just explore. Just explore. There's this tool that um, was called design. Um, and it was just something that was a part of a, um, a Bible study that I was doing a few years ago. And there, what the teacher was saying that a part of a way in which we can begin to talk about what our purpose is in life for those of us who are like, oh, I don't know what I'm purposed and designed to do. Well, it's just a little, you know, a little acronym. What drives you? D, right? D, what drives you? You are motivated towards something. You want to do something. Sometimes they show up as hobbies. <laughs> what drives you? What experience do you have? Not just good experiences, but also ones that are challenging. Some of our most painful experiences become a way in which we interact with our purpose in life. And some of us are avoiding those painful experiences, and perhaps that's why we're struggling figuring out our purpose. Asking, God, what do you want me to do? Look at this pain. I don't want to. What do you want me to do? Look at this pain. I don't want to. <laughs> Spirituality. How is it that you engage with God most regularly and you feel most closely connected? Uh, uh, a, something that people what used to assume about me is that that was with music and it's not I love music I enjoy music and in many ways I was built for it <laughs> I 
I, I, it is life-giving to me. But it's not exactly where I experience God most. Where I experience God most and I feel like I'm in the presence of God is honestly just being with people. I used to think that was because I was extroverted, but I actually think it's the other way around. I'm extroverted because I experience God so much with people. It's why I love cities. That's why I don't want to go off to the woods by myself, so stop inviting me. (laughs) (laughs) I want... Yes, I know that the beauty and the awe and the splendor of God can be experienced in pine trees. But for me, it is where people are. That's where I feel like I experience God most. And here's the kicker, not even just Christians. People, anybody, anywhere where people are being authentically human, I just... I find God in that. What about you? It doesn't have to be people. It might be nature. It might be something else. That's what that spirituality means. Impact. What kind of impact do you want to actually have on the world? (laughs) Have you ever even thought about that? Like, what do you want to have? What kind of impact do you want to have? Genius is uh, not like arrogant. It's just what do you do consistently and successfully? And that's a, those, that and is important. Some of us do something consistently, but we don't always do it successfully. You burn in three-fifths of the meals. <laughs> Cooking ain't your purpose. <laughs> Regardless of the fact that your family needs to eat. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's okay. What am I doing consistently and successfully. And then the last is really examining my nature. That's where personality tests come in. It's good for people to know, like it's good for me to know that I'm an extrovert. It's good for those of you who are introverts to know, or if you kind of fall somewhere in the middle. It's good for you to know tests like Enneagram and DISCs assessments. Like those are just great information for you to know about yourself so you can engage yourself well. Because when you're talking about how is it that the Lord has gifted you, how is it that the Lord has given you skills and talents and purpose, if you don't know you, you will never find that out. That's not, it's just how that works. It's a partnership. It's not just you waiting for the Lord to tell you in a dream who you are. Explore. Get in there and figure out, God, I like these things. These things really tick me off because sometimes the things that tick you off are the things that he's calling you to change. Those of you who are activists, you have a holy and righteous frustration (laughs) and anger about certain things. And it's not just because you are a surly person. Maybe no one told you, but I want to tell you that you are angry at the core of your being because you're probably supposed to change it, at least in your sphere of influence. And it should be good for you. It would be good for you to know that. So the management material challenge is to explore that. Like we get, I gave a challenge for the last one, right, for, you know, that, that giving challenge, that sharing challenge. But this one, 
Some of us, we don't necessarily need to do a giving challenge. But we've been wrestling around and trying to figure out how is it that I can glorify God with who I am to, my fo- to the fullest. And we've never processed anything like this before. I want you to process that. And I want you to lean into it. And I want you to do so with all the confidence that God would spur on by the Holy Spirit. Because it's not you being arrogant. It's you just being and letting your light shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father. That's what this is. As a believer, a part of managing that which the Lord has given me is primarily to bring glory to the Lord. And when I shine brightly for Jesus, that brings glory to the Lord. When I dim myself because it makes other people uncomfortable, that's not a thing. <laughs> that's, that's not how we function in the body of Christ. Every week, we'll always end with this last slide, which is seek the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Always. Always. If I was going by what other people told me, unison would not exist. Just being honest. If I was going by what other people told me, unison would not exist. If I was going by what I initially felt because I was so excited about music, unison would not be here. There'd be no book and I would be exhausted. Because this stuff is actually the thing that actually brings life to me. Being here brings life in a way that touring would not. Doesn't matter how good I am at it. This is life-giving. When we're living in what God has designed for us, we pour out simultaneously being poured into. A part of how you know that's not your thing is because you leave exhausted the whole time. Not tired, exhausted, weary. There's a difference. Seek the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. For some of us, our gift is not hearing from the Lord regularly in, in the tune, like clearly. There are those of us who are part of this church family who we won't tell you what to do, but we'll pray with you and say, perhaps explore this. See how the Lord moves in you. And <clears throat> do you feel closer to God when you do it? Or do you feel like leaving as soon as you start thinking about it? <laughs> Some of you have books in you, songs in you, ministries in you that you are waiting to write, sing, start, dot, 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 X, Y, Z. And I want you to know that you have been given gifts by God, skills, talents, and vision by God to carry them out. And you don't need anybody to give you permission to do them. But if you felt like you did, you are commissioned. (laughs) Now and forever, go carry out whatever it is that the Lord has inside of you. Some of you are called to plant churches. And you are perhaps afraid of that. And nobody told you that you could start a ministry and that it could 
You can see people come to Christ and know Christ better. And it's not easy work, but it's something that you would love to get up in the morning to do. I want you to do it. It's not about you staying here. This is about continuing the work of Christ. So I want to give us a minute before we even move to begin to kind of let stuff churn inside of us. Holy Spirit, you know exactly how we're wired. You created us. You know exactly what it is that we could do to impact the world for your kingdom, for your glory. You know who we can be connected to to make that happen and to bring you glory and it multiply, God. Ultimately, we want to use every skill and talent that we have to bring glory to your name. Will you help us? Will you stretch us? Will you give us grace to not diminish the ways in which we are motivated and impassioned? In Jesus' name, love y'all and see you next week.